the key verse for the this weekend conference of the four messages is Romans chapter 8, verse 87. And I'll read it to you and briefly comment on it so that all of us are just brought together to the same feeling and view and subject of this conference, whether this is the first of the meetings you were in. We want everyone to just have the same view and the same spiritual realization so that the Lord can flow unhindered to us and through us to one another. It's a, a verse that the more I read about it and comment on it, the more marvelous it becomes. In all these things, we more than conquer through him who loved us. I read again. But in all these things, we more than conquer through him who loved us. Paul is saying, we more than conquer. That means overcome. Be victorious. But it's not simply we just barely made it, but more than comfort. Amen. We are doing it, but we do it through him, the triune God who loved us. And this is what we've been emphasizing, uh, and the response has been most uh, encouraging from the dear saints. That the love of Christ constrains us. It is the love of Christ that makes us victorious in and over every situation. And so in the first message, we emphasize a verse in chapter 8, verse 6. And that is, the mind set on the spirit is life. Verse 10 tells us that our spirit is life, zoe, that is eternal life. So all of us right now, when we exercise our spirit, as we did when we sang, and when we prayed, and when we worshiped, we were releasing the zoe life that our spirit is. Our spirit is not only alive, it's not only living, it is life itself. Amen. Then when our mind is set on the spirit, not on the flesh, then our mind is also life. Amen. And the Greek word again is zoe. It means life, but it's used by God in the New Testament to refer to the eternal life of God. Well, we are tripartite. Our body is a little bit more complicated, but in verse 11, we are told that the spirit of the one who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he can give life to our mortal body through his spirit that indwells us. And so those that are, you know, considerably older, my age, little less, little more, our, our real hope is 
not to improve the body of God, but then we'll maintain it as long as we want our journey to continue. But we look forward to get a resurrection body, just like the resurrected Christ. But in the meantime, eternal life, right at this moment, is being dispensed into our mortal body. That is why, I think you're aware I'm not a young fellow. While I'm here, I have the energy, I have the strength, because of the resurrection life flowing through the body, dispensed by God into my mind, emotion, and will, and the same with all of you. And then in messages two and three, we began to consider uh, being more than comfortable. Because I'll be saying in 124, isn't that marvelous? Just praising Christ for his victory. He's the victor. And when he comes to get married, his wife is going to be a victorious wife, mature, ready in every way. She will be his reproduction in every possible way, apart from the Godhead. And then in message three, we consider this further, that in all kinds of situations, but we didn't pay attention to the situations, to the sufferings, to the difficulties. The emphasis was, it is the love, the power of love that enables us to overcome. And so we just went from one stage to another concerning the love of God being dispensed into us. And it is love us more than confidence through Him who... And I just want to uh, speak this again for the benefit of all the dear saints. We know from John 3.16, God said, He loved all human race. Well, I'm one of the 8 billion plus, so that means God loves me somehow. I'm in the, in the group. Okay, that's a good start. Then we go to Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, I, I'm in a practicing the church life, so that must include me. But I can't overestimate Galatians 2.20. I'll just quote the whole verse to you. But for some are hearing this for the first time. So don't be a little momentarily bored. I heard about this. I'm familiar with this. The love is always fresh. Amen. I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live, 
I live in the faith of the Son of God. Now get ready. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. So may I please, as your brother, ask you a question directly but tenderly. Is this part, the last part, of Galatians 2.20, he loved me and gave himself up for me, he died for me. Has this become experientially real to you? That you know in your inner being, not only that the Son of God, Christ our Savior, died on behalf of millions and millions of people. He died for the church. But remember, as the God-man, he is absolutely human in every positive way. And he's God in the Godhead. And God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. His power has power beyond description. But he's omniscient. He knows all things. And when Christ was on the cross, he knew, he, he knew each one of us. He loved each one of us. He died for each one of us. And what kind of person was Paul when he was known as Saul of Tarsus? He was not just trying to destroy churches persecuting and capturing believers and bringing them to court and voting for the death penalty. We're told in Acts chapter 8 when he was going to another place to capture more of us, he was breathing out murder. But Christ loved him. Christ died for him. And eventually Christ revealed himself to him. He had this radical change. And he is a pattern for all of us. He mentioned this in 1 Timothy 1.16. And in genuine humility, he said, I, I'm the greatest sinner. I mean, probably you've never been breathing out murder against anybody, right? We, we all have, we all have the capacity for all kinds of things. But if the Lord can not only redeem and save and regenerate such a person and then make it clear to him, Paul, I died for you. I bore your sins in my body. I died in your place that you might be justified, declared righteous by God. And I did this because I love you. It is when this wonderful aspect of love in, in God himself, and then we realize it's not just a doctrine. It's not just verses in the Bible. We honor all the verses there, but it's real to me. And it's real to me right now. And Paul ends Romans 8. I won't go into all the details. He just said there's nothing 
event, no situation, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so this is a, an overview of what we've been considering with the love of God poured out in our hearts, Romans 5, 5, poured out. And the effect of this, he produces overcomers. We become what we could never be in ourselves. We could do what we could never do ourselves. But we have the all-inclusive Christ as the Spirit dwelling in us with the motive of love for each one of us. And this love, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians 15, the love of Christ constrains us. It's like a river. It will just be carried along. So now we come to message four. And the subject is all things working together for good to those who love God and who are called according to its purpose. And so we'll look carefully, uh, and I'll read the verses in a moment, because we will speak directly from the written word of God, but we thank the Lord that we have the proper uh, explanation and interpretation of the word of God, and then it will be presented eventually, not just for learning objective things, it's for your real and delightful day-by-day -day living. Amen. That the love of God is being poured out in your heart. It's motivating you. And this is bringing you to a stage of growth and reigning in life that you've never have yet reached before because the Lord is very active in enabling those overcomers to be, who will be his wife. We're told in Revelation 19, the bride has made herself ready. But we can make ourselves ready for nothing. We can't do anything by our own effort. But our making ourselves ready is our coordination and our participation. And what the Lord is doing, motivated by his love within us, and we will see he will cause all things work together for good. And we have to explain what this good is. To those who love God, and this means now on our part, we are responding. We have this verse in 1 John 4.19. We love because God first loved us. And we want to be exact. The verse doesn't say only we love God because he first loved us. We love because God first loved us. That means we love him. We love all the believers. We love our fellow human beings. Nothing can interfere with the same love that we have toward every person, no matter what the culture is, what the race is, what the nation is, what the age is, 
all of that is irrelevant. You are a fellow human being, and the love that has its source in God is in us, and it just flows. And eventually, as the Lord taught, we'll be brought to the point even to love those who oppose us, those who are the enemies. When the Lord was on the cross, what did he say? Did he say, Lord, come in and deal with these people. Look what they're doing to me. What can be more evil and unrighteous than this? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you read Acts chapter 7. What a young a brother in the church in Jerusalem was being stoned to death. That was the way among the Jewish religion, the way you terminate people, you assist with stone them. And as he was dying, he saw the Son of Man at the right hand of God. And he prayed, Father, do not hold this against them. What what a what what is this? This is Jesus living again. And then he said, Lord, receive my spirit. Just the Lord's last word on the cross. And so then on our part, we will love God. And I just point out now, the word God is here. Yes, we love the Lord. We love Christ Jesus. But there's a reason that this verse says, love God. When he's functioning as God, and we are in all kinds of situations. And from time to time, they are heart-breaking situations. The only response we can have, at least at the beginning, we can only just weep. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to pray. And there will be a series of these things because... That's the situation of fallen human beings on the earth. But in all these things, we will more than conquer. And all these things are working together. But not to just any believer who's kind of shallow and uh, because they have not received the full teaching of the apostles. They think that John 14, Father's house is heaven, so that it is told, you've been born of God, don't worry, you're going to be in heaven, the Lord is a carpenter, he's preparing, you know, a lovely apartment for you. Or some say, oh, oh the, the new Jerusalem, look at the dimensions, it's going to be just a gigantic pyramid, and it's going to be an apartment for each one of us, is that how we're going to live? Each one of us isolated. No, the New Jerusalem is a person, a corporate person, the wife of the redeeming God. And so it's quite a different thing from the common understanding. So we will see that it's for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So I want to read some verses now, and then we'll walk our way 
uh, through the outline and emphasizing certain crucial points. But just about five verses, Romans 8, 26 through 29, and verse 30. In like manner, the Spirit also joins in to help us in our weakness. For we do not know for what we should pray as is fitting. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But he searches the hearts, he who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. We will see being conformed to the image of his son. That is the good thing. That all things are working together for good. It's not that someone stole your new car. You just got it last week. You go up to the parking lot and it's gone. And then maybe a week later it's found and it's just been dismantled. The engine is gone. The tires are gone. It's just a total loss. But don't worry, God will make all things good because now you're such a good insurance company you have. You say, how about, we'll just buy you a Mercedes Benz. This is God making all these bad things for good. No, God is causing all things to make us the reproduction of the firstborn Son of God. <laughs> and then verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ Jesus who died. And rather who was raised. Who is also at the right hand of God who also intercedes for us. Now let's consider this here. We just read in a previous verse, in verse 27, that the Spirit intercedes for us. And the Spirit is in us. But then verse 34 says, Christ was at the right hand of God, intercedes for us. You are there two intercessors, two kinds of interceding taking place? Absolutely not. It's the same ascended Christ at the right hand of God interceding for us. But even prior to that, probably experientially, it's the spirit within us interceding 
And when you're interceding, you are praying on behalf of someone. And you have a loving concern for that person. You have the burden for their benefit, that they would grow in life, they would be saved in life, they would reign in life. They would be transformed, they would be conformed, they would be rapture ready. They will be built up in the church in the resurrection life of Christ. They will be a functioning member of the body of Christ. They will live in the consciousness of the body in the, the highest stage of growth in life. They will know ascension, they will know reigning, they will know engaging in spiritual warfare. The Lord needs to have mature believers before he can come back. Uh, last October, October, I made the first international trip with my wife, you know, after the time to be limited to recover from that surgery. <coughs> And I gave them a message on maturity. The Lord is not going to marry, uh, spiritually speaking, a 12-year-old bride-to-be. She must be ready in every way. And the first qualification is maturity. Not only transformed, that is being renewed by the divine life of God, transform our soul for the expression of the indwelling Christ. But now it's the divine life that has been transforming us, is filling us and overflowing from us. And so the outcome is we can bless and we can reign in life. And so there's an, right now, but it's not something that the Lord wants us to be conscious of, at least not directly. Here, right now, in this very place, the indwelling spirit is interceding for you, praying on your behalf. And this spirit is the spirit of God. This is the omniscient spirit of God, knowing the situation, knows where you are, who you are, what you need, what your disposition is, what should be the next step in your experience of Christ. And the Lord simultaneously on the throne is interceding the same because it's the same person in this mysterious way. And probably the intercession begins with the spirit within and I appreciate this verse that we've read that he joins us to help us in our weakness. Then, then the weakness is explained. We do not know for what we should pray as is fitting. I'm going to ask you this, but I'm pretty sure what your inward answer would be. Have you ever been trying to be with the Lord, and you just don't know what to say. You just don't know what to ask personally. You just don't. Then please be assured that's a sign of your normality, not your peculiarity. We're all the same. 
So we, we really, we really don't know our present condition negatively or positively. We don't know what the next stage is, but the spirit knows. So the spirit is interceding on our behalf with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes you can just go, oh, there's just something within. We just have some kind of indirect realization. Something is taking place. And there is a direct connection between 26, 27, and 28. All these things are the issue of the indwelling spirit interceding. And, uh, you know, I would never use someone else's life or experience as a testimony. We all have to speak on our own behalf and we have the leading to do that. But on that morning, that Thursday morning in July, during the, the summer training, in the morning, truly the brother knew what will happen to Ron today and what will happen to him next week and what he will experience for the following 12 weeks. And uh, the Spirit is interceding and Christ is interceding because there's going to be things, events happening that are ordained by God. It's not punishment. It's not condemnation. It's for Growing in life to maturity, it is for the benefit of the organic body of Christ. It is for the genuine minister, the ministry of the Word of God. That is why the moment I heard from my own personal cardiologist, when I when they covered the, the test to find out what is the real condition of your heart, he had put in stents, a total of five of them, the last few years. And he said, Ron, the, the days of stents are gone. This requires open heart, quadruple surgery. Immediately, there was peace. Just peace. Because the Spirit was interceding, Christ is interceding. That is why I just had the sense this is a body matter. And so I need the body, I need the prayer of the body, I need the life of the body, and this is for the body. And so this is how the background to this very <coughs> popular verse, for the most part misunderstanding, we know that all things work together for good. All things. That is the outcome. The thing itself, you wouldn't say it's a good thing. But they work together for what is good. And that's working for verse 29. That this sister, or this brother, living a consecrated life, who loves the Lord, really hopes to be an overcomer and to be one of the co-kings 
during the kingdom age of the thousand years. Because it is such a one under God's sovereign care. This dear one needs this thing. And the result of that will be very wonderful. Resurrection life. There'll be more of Christ making his home in your heart. There will be no, there will be more consciousness of the body of Christ. There will be more realization. I'm a member of the body. I cannot live without the body of Christ organically. And I'm living in and for and with the body. And so then the benefit is first for the fulfillment of the desire of God's heart to have the church built up, as he said, upon this rock I will build my church. But we all know that before the Lord comes openly at the end of the great tribulation, he's coming secretly three and a half years earlier. This is according to the prophecies in Daniel 9. And he'll come secretly to to bring his bride to himself. It's going to be this hidden rapture all over the earth. It's going to happen. And I'm not predicting I don't have the ground and I won't do that. I won't try to guess. But I sincerely believe it's not that far in the future. And it's possible that all of us in this room will still be living on the earth. When that takes place, we just have to see. But we're nearing the end. And the Lord who is interceding for us, the Spirit who is interceding for us, is really caring for us, motivated by the love of Christ, is now interceding for us. And we want this dear one to be fully matured and built up. And so now, we're praying, and then there will be this situation in their life that may seem to be suffering, it may seem to be difficult in so many ways. But the issue will be, and many of us here, we can testify, the outcome of that. We had to walk through again through the valley of the shadow of death. Again, with all the human feelings, regarding the law. But we realize there's a shepherd, a good shepherd. He is with us. With his rod and his staff. And we walk through. And now we are in another realm. But this happens more than once. But we don't live in fear. Just a sidebar comment. It was in the end of January 2020, in the first week of February, in that same year, my wife and I were in Malaysia and we're in Singapore, and we got some early news about the COVID virus. And we saw how ready it was affecting people from China who were there in Singapore. So we did some 
study to find out what, what, what are they talking about. And I realized this is for older people, especially this is quite serious. Then a decision was made. And that decision was made because a prior decision has been made. I will not be ruled by fear. I am ruled by the loving triune God in Christ. So we don't live a life of fear. We don't worry about what's going to happen now, what are the things. No. We have the God of peace guarding us and supplying us. Okay, now we can go through the outline. Uh, just one page. And I do this deliberately uh, for two reasons in a conference. One is to limit the time of the message so that the rest of the message will be completed by maybe one year or so, brothers and sisters coming to the microphone and sharing for a minute. I really mean this. And hasn't it been delightful? Amen. Hasn't it been supplying? Didn't, didn't you get life ministered to you? To every sister and every brother doing that. And so I hope that even if you are maybe 12 rows back, right in the middle, but then the Lord in you, the, the anointing is moving in you. And I believe those on either your right or left that will let you come. Anyway, this is my attempt to just encourage you to follow the leading of the Spirit. Okay, Roman number one. The Spirit intercedes for us, and all things are working together for us, so that we may be conformed to the image of the firstborn Son. So when we are conformed to the image of the firstborn son, we're not only transformed in our soul, but what we call self-likeness. This particular aspect of the self that uh, this characterizes us. And so we are being saved from that and conformed to the image of the firstborn son. And we will all be his, quote, twins. Because we will be his reproduction. You'll still have your identity. We'll be able to see, oh, this is Paul. This is John. This is Peter. We'll recognize one another once we've adjusted to our glorified body. And now, and now we're all in this realm. And say, okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember you. You were in that hotel room on May 7th. Okay. But we will all be the same in expressing Christ with no element of the old man or the old creation. A, the Spirit's intercession is not mainly according to the will of God, but according to God himself. In other words, God himself indicates somehow a this is uh, this brother, where he is, what his present situation is, what I want to produce in him or her. In order to do that, 
This needs to happen. And when this happens, then I will have a way to saturate him or her with myself. I will have the way for Christ to truly make his home in every room in our heart. It's altogether positive. Point B, the Spirit intercedes for us that we may be fully conformed to the image of Christ. Now, here's a situation. I'm not trying to trap you in your thinking, but I just have to tell you we have only uh, limited options regarding this uh, being conformed to the image of the firstborn son. We, we read the verse. This has been predestinated already. God didn't ask your permission. Before he created anything, if you read Ephesians 1, 4 and 5, he chose us to be holy even as God is holy in Christ. We were predestinated unto sonship. And so we're going to be the reproduction of the firstborn son forever. That's the destiny. So here's the option. You can be conformed during your life on the earth and compare the length of it, even if you live until your 90s. There's that one option. Or it will just happen during another day. But that day will happen to be a thousand years. So this is the choice. And if there is no decision made positively, on this age especially, millions and millions of believers simply are never told the truth. And those who are so-called ministering are not in the reality themselves. They graduated from a seminary, they know this and that, they think, they know this kind of theology. But where is the genuine ministry of the all-inclusive Christ to the dear believers all over the earth? How blessed we are. And so, the Spirit is interceding to advance our confirmation. Especially when we make a simple decision. Lord, I choose to be conformed to your image now, Amen. not later. Amen. And I just present myself to you and I sincerely pray to you. Lord, just do whatever you need to do in me, with me, through me, and for me. To conform me to the image of the firstborn Son of God for the benefit of the body of Christ and the fulfillment of the desire of your heart. See, Christ is the pattern and the Spirit prays that everything that happens to us will mold us into this pattern, the image of God's firstborn Son. So Christ is the pattern. We're being put into the mold, mentioned in Philippians 3.10. And now the Spirit is praying that everything that happens to us, you know, even a little thing 
I use this illustration numerous times. Just where you are, you're familiar with all the streets and and, and you, come, you come to a certain uh, light and you know that there's in the left turn lane, there, there, there's a red arrow saying you have to stop. But then the green arrow comes and you can turn left. And then there will be the red, the green light for the cars going straight. And you've been there many, many times, and you realize uh, the situation. So you're you're back, and maybe your car number nine. And you just have the thought: I have some idea of how long the green arrow stays green. If these people have decent reflexes, I'll be able to get it through. And so you can see it, green arrow, no motion. What? <laughs> what? Some, some are looking around, whatever. And so when you get there, it's not yellow. You can't deceive yourself, <laughs> saying, "No, no, it was yellow. No, no, it was just downright red." So here you are, and you're bothered. Have you ever? been bothered by something like this, or I am the only one who has been bothered by red arrows, by people with dreadful responses to things. Don't they know who it is behind them, where I'm going? No, they don't know, they don't care. And so, okay, this is, but now, two and a half minutes, we may have to wait. It's just a little thing. What have you done and what have I done during those two and a half minutes? Oh, the Lord had this thing go through again and again and again. He said, like he's indicating, Ron, this is going to happen until you learn the lesson here. Okay? You know? And so, you just, you just have a feeling and just stay in that feeling for a couple of minutes. But how about if you just had the sense, okay, now I've got two and a half minutes to receive the dispensing from the process and consummated trying God. I'm not going to waste this two and a half minutes. I want to experience the dispensing and enjoy the Lord. And even you could offer some prayers in those two and a half minutes. Some names will come in your heart. You just will bring this person to the Lord. It's not a small thing. Even to pray a sentence or two. Lord, just just, just bless this dear one today. Amen. And so, uh, this is how the Spirit is praying. And everything that happens has this function. Is section 2. As a result of the Spirit's intercession... Quote, all things work together for good. That is for the fulfillment of God's purpose. That is the good. And so it's just, it wouldn't surprise me if in some so-called Sunday morning uh, church meeting, uh, the preacher is giving a message on Romans 8, 28. Oh, all things work together for good. Please don't be afraid, don't worry. Things will happen. But there'll be good things happen. Uh, you'll have more. Look, look, look. 
this happened, you had to pay for this thing, you didn't expect you had to. But then later in the week, you get an email from the government saying you made a mistake on your income tax. We, uh, we owe you $2,500. You say, this is wonderful. See, all things work together for good. No. What is this? We have to be clear it's the, the fulfillment of God's purpose. Now we need to see some of the details here. A, the working together of all things outside of us follows the groaning of the Spirit within us. And so I know that there's some quite uh, thoughtful and particularly bright and kind of said, well, maybe I can squelch the intercession of the Spirit. We just try. This is way down in, in there. And so it's just best. Just let the Spirit function as the Spirit, okay? Because the Lord knows, but we can never know. There'll be just some kind of indescribable inner feeling. Something is going on. And we don't try to figure it out, but eventually we'll realize this is the Spirit. This is the life-giving spirit. And say, Lord, please just do what you want to do today. I don't want to hold you back anymore. I want to be an open vessel. Whatever's in your heart, whatever I need, whatever you you just had the feeling that I need to do, Lord, just do whatever. I trust you. I believe in you. And your motive is love. I'm not going to try to just close myself off to protect myself from God. No. And I want the Lord to dispense himself into me that I may stand in the victory of Christ against the devil. I'm not going to be neutral. To be God the Father is sovereign. Arranges everything and knows what is best for us. He knows what is best. So it was the best for me last July only to give one message in the training. And not to give messages, not to write outlines, not to write articles, not to do anything for quite a period of time. Ron, this is the best thing for you is for you to do nothing be nothing, go nowhere, just, just be here. And I look back upon it. I just have this effortless just worship to the wise sovereign God. Thank you. You know what is best. You know what the outcome is. And because this is a body matter, the, the members of the body that have a particular discernment developed in it, they will realize something positive has happened. The Lord has gained something through this. And then we all give the glory to God.
So what is in my heart is that you just let God be God to you. And we'll see why very, very, very soon. He answers the Spirit's intercession by causing all things to work together for good. Causing the things will not of themselves dominate. He will direct the result of the things. The sovereign God will cause all things work together for good. That we would be conformed to the image of the firstborn son or the corporate expression of the triune God. So this is taking place, eventually you'll realize, not mainly for you to be an overcomer and thereby a co-king in the millennial kingdom. Eventually this will become the second important thing to you. It's understandable. It's At the beginning, it's first. It's not wrong. You say, Lord, I just want to be an overcomer. I want to be in the wedding feast. I want to reign with you. Please do what you need to do. This is not selfish. This is just where you have to start. But eventually, you will see something way beyond yourself. Lord, do this for the benefit of the organic body of Christ. Just do what you need to do. And the goal is not for me to be this or that, or do this or that. That is secondary. The primary thing is, all that's happening is for the body. It's for Christ and the church. Amen. When it's for the body, on another level we can say, it's for every brother and sister, every member of the body. It's for their benefit. That the life will flow to them undefined but still flowing and the reason is because the Lord had a channel in what he has obtained in a brother or sister that was an open vessel and allowed God to be God to bring forth the best thing for the benefit of the body of Christ see we need to realize that the reason we pass through suffering is that God has a purpose and that our sufferings are the quote all things that are working together for, a, for the accomplishment of God's purpose. But once again, it's not just for our own benefit, it's not primary, it's for the fulfilling of God's purpose. In 2 Timothy, Chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says that God saved us for his purpose. He saved us. We are created for God's purpose, but we have fallen away from that. So everyone on the earth is living for themselves, not for God. But we have been redeemed and regenerated, and now we need to realize we were saved for God's purpose. Then in chapter 3 of the same book, Paul was telling Timothy, you know, so many had turned away from him. But he said, you closely follow me. You know my 
this and that, eventually he said, you know my purpose. When I put the two verses together, God's purpose became Paul's purpose. We should be able to say eventually, God's purpose is my purpose. I was created. I was redeemed. I was regenerated. I was brought into the Lord's recovery for God's purpose. And you just imagine, I believe the Lord allows me to just mention this an aspect of him that may or may not be manifested when we're all standing before him on that day at the judgment seat. Just imagine if he would say to you, well done. Your life contributed to the fulfillment of the eternal purpose of God. I saved you for this. I enlightened you concerning this. And you lived for this. Every aspect of your human life, whether it's your education, getting married, having a family, taking care of your health, you know, your occupation, whatever it is, you had to live a normal human life. As I ordained that you would. But in your inner being, you were not living to yourself. You were living to me. And your living contributed to the fulfillment of my purpose. Amen. We know from Matthew 25, the Lord will say at least this. Well done. Amen. Good and faithful slave. Personally, I could say my whole being this is personal, but it should be for all of us. Lord, I just long to hear those words on that day. Well done, good and faithful slave. And I have just someone in a gentle way, in a precious way, um, that said, speaks about Ron, a faithful slave. Be a faithful slave. I know it's a horrible word in the whole human history all over the earth. But it's used in a positive way in the New Testament. It's in the first verse of Revelation. This may be made known. But the point is, our life contributed to the fulfillment of God's purpose. This means your life contributed to the desire of God's heart being satisfied. Amen. Come into the wedding feast. Amen. Come and enjoy the Lord your master. D, according to the context, the good mentioned in verse 28 refers to our being conformed to the image of Christ as the firstborn son of God. We've been emphasizing this and here it is again. E, we are not in our own hands, but in the Lord's hands. And he has placed us in the process by which his purpose of confirmation is being fulfilled. If we're all in the process, all of us. And the process 
will be completed in one of two ways on the positive side. And that is, like with our beloved brother, Vincent Phillips, who was just faithful to the end, and was a channel of life for the Lord's recovery. He finished his course at a certain age as a result of a certain health condition. He finished his course in victory. But then many will be the living overcomers on the earth. And so they will fulfill God's purpose and it will be consummated when they're raptured. And so our future is in the hands of the sovereign God. But I wondered, you know, since I was in my 80s and I having this heart problem, Lord, you want this to be the end now. And that wasn't his will. And so, along, only he knows. But in a sense, he was saying, I want you to be here for a while, for me and for the body. And so we're all here, but in that way. Those who realize that they are in the process of God's purpose, will have genuine peace. It's like I mentioned earlier. And my wife, when she got the same report from the cardiologist, the same immediate response. Because it's from God. And then the God of peace, you know from Philippians 4, 7, He guards our heart. He becomes peace of our heart. And this may sound mysterious, but I mean, many of you have had this kind of experience. You're walking through these difficult situations, but somehow there's still deep within, there's peace. But at the same time, because you're a human being, there's grief, there's sorrow, there are tears, because you're human. But on a deeper level, simultaneously, there's peace. And now the final section in about five minutes. But there's a couple of crucial points here that I need to emphasize. God has called us with the purpose of conforming us to the image of his son. And the way to cooperate with God in his purpose is to love him. Remember that verse says, all things work together for good to those who love God. Paul did not say, I repeat, to those who love Christ. He didn't say those who love the Lord Jesus. He didn't say those who love the Father. He said to those who love God. Because when God is functioning as God, he may allow or he may cause things to happen. And again and again, our initial response will be, why? Why? Even recently, many dear saints praying regarding Russia and Ukraine. But you have churches there. You have saints there. 
Why? And we shouldn't try to suppress the why. It just comes out immediately. And there's never an answer. There's never an explanation. We're just reminded God is God. He's never wrong. He is righteous to the uttermost. Why this is happening, we don't know. But that is why, allow me to say, that burden of message 12 in the December training about the God who hides himself. He seems not to care. He seems not to be doing anything. But he's very active. Because the faith of the saints has to be perfected. Like that verse says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faithful faith on the earth? And so when we realize this is God, the Lord told Mary on the day he was resurrected, I ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And we need to love God as God, because it is God as God who is allowing or ordaining these things that will be good things. He's the source. We know he's the source. We know he's allowing this. But we don't know why. And so we just, we cry out. And the Lord is not bothered by this. But when or how the answers will come, I don't know. But these things will work for the best. To those who love God, it's not automatic. It's to those who love God, to those who are calling to his, his purpose, which we have emphasized, I think, sufficiently for now. A, to love God is to cooperate with him. And to cooperate with him is to give him an opportunity to work out his purpose in us and with us. So we now are cooperating with him, with God, with the sovereign God. We cooperate with you. I want my life to cooperate with you to carry out your will and purpose. B, if we love God, everything will work together for our profit. That is for our confirmation. If we love God. But we will find out kind of feelings we can have. The Lord is never shocked. The kind of feelings we have, and often the first being who is blamed is God. What are you? What kind of God? I've had, I have, I'm still under the discipline concerning this. I've been praying for a person, a believer, very close to me in a, in a proper human way for 26 years, thousands of prayers. And I know a number of saints are praying, nothing, no response at all. And then something was exposed to me. I'm just exposing a little for your own um, hope and encouragement. I, there are times the Lord knew what my feeling is. And it shouldn't be suppressed. It has to be exposed to me. He said, Lord, what kind of God is this? What are you doing? I'm 
not, I'm not going to pray about this anymore. And then later that day, I'm praying for it again. Right? Because he's God. So when it came down to it, you are God. You are God concerning me. You are God concerning this person. You have every right to be God. You said many are called, but few are chosen. If he's not chosen, that is your will. Whatever it is. And so all of us, the Lord needs to empty us out, the suppressed feelings, until eventually our response is, I don't understand what's going on. But I love God. Amen. God, I love you. Amen. See, whether all things are a profit or loss to us depends on our love for God. The secret is to love Him. And I just read these next points and ask you to pray with the nearby of someone nearby. And then we'll have about 18 minutes to give some confirming words. And this is not a formality. I'm honest. This will complete the message. It's a body matter. Amen. Quote, you shall love the Lord your God from your whole heart and from your whole soul and from your whole mind and from all of your whole strength. This is a command. I was, I was really helped one day when I realized, Lord, you and only you can love God like this. So we produce this love of God in all of us. If we love God, everything will work together for our benefit. That is for our con confirmation. Whether all things are Profit or loss to us depends on our love for God. The secret is to love Him. Okay, now back to point two again. We love because He, God, first loved us. Three, none of us can love God out of ourselves. That's why we need 1 John 4 19. We need God to love us, then we'll be able to love. The last point, God first loved us in that he infused us with his love and generated within us the love with which we love him and one another. Brothers, will you read that question, up at that point four? Please read it out loud. God first loved us in that he infused us with his love and generated within us the love with which we love him and one another. Sisters, sisters please do the same. So let's pray that the love of God will be infused in us more and more and follow the leading to give a confirming testimony. Please pray.